Hello, hello, hello. This is our second episode of 2023, episode 20. Welcome, everybody. Hi, Anne. Hello. <laughs> How's hello. it going? <laughs> it's going really well. I am. Yeah, we've had a busy week. So, oh my we... goodness. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm sure for many of you um, who are entrepreneurs or you know, experts in your industries or service providers. Yeah. You know, things, there's a workflow. There's just a workflow. Um, of course, even, yeah. even in businesses, I'm sure as well. Um, yeah. And so we're just riding the wave. <laughs> yeah. We're like at the top of the cresting wave right now. <laughs> it's a little bit intense, um, but we've been doing a lot of creation yeah. Um, well, let's, let's dive into what's, what's in process, what's in progress. Um, so yeah, we've done two really cool things, um, uh, that I would just share. So for me, um, well, for us as a business, we've opened up an opportunity for people to train as nervous system integration facilitators. Ooh, it's really awesome and really exciting. And, um, uh, invigorating to be finally taking a body of work that we've been developing for many years now and offering in a variety of ways. Um, and now saying, we're going to teach other people how to present this work um, and add to their toolbox. There has been a lot of, a lot of creation in that. Um, and it's been really wonderful. It's very, very exciting. We're only in week one. Um, and this is really just the place where Anne and I, you know, uh, thrive, I think. And we also excel is ideation and creation. And then, you know, the, the, the implementation gets swampy. It's just a lot of work the first time around. And we know that as Anne said, you know, we go through these, you know, waves and, and periods of, of lots of work, but so there's that. And, and I love how my mind has been just opened. This is part of what I love about the creative process and creating education, uh, designing education is how much I am pushed to understand more deeply or to see connections and to be able to present those connections in a way that's simple and accessible. It really, it really makes me grow every time. Um, and I, I love that and I appreciate that. And then the second cool thing that we've done is we are, we're really in a, I think we've been in this place of growth for some time, but stepping into it more this, la the end of last year, and now really reaching a, a bigger audience of people who desire to bring not only online course creation um, into their businesses, but to do that in a way that is holistic and, um, you know, supports the relational aspect, supports the um, community aspect, and is not just a, like reaching and serving people who don't just want to create an online course to put it out there to make passive income, but people who really want to make a bigger impact. And so when you're creating something to put into the world, you, you want people to engage. You want it to be meaningful. And you want it to be profitable. And we've just created this really cool thing. And we will put the link in the show notes for you, particularly if you are outside of the health and wellness industry. I think this is 
super valuable if you're dabbling and wondering what embodiment even means and how do you incorporate it into your work. We have uh, created a six-step design guide to integrate embodied experiences into your work. And that was an intense, laborious process, but really, again, pushing us to to envision the impact of our, our work as it grows in the world. And so that is literally all I have been doing and thinking about <laughs> besides maybe showering every few days. It's been, it's been really a heads down kind of week, but um, I feel, I feel energized by the work and clear about the work in our direction. And so that's when you know you're on the right track, right? When it doesn't deplete you. So definitely, yeah, that equation is balanced. And really, we don't want it to be balanced. I mean, ultimately, we want to be getting more out of our work than we're putting in, I think. Yeah, when 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 you design and build a business, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, the conversation we were in earlier today where you just mentioned, and I can just hear it in your voice, like just <laughs> probably you are just like, we absolutely, you know, build build businesses that, you know, that, that work for us, um, and how you related that to teaching. And when you work with students, um, or some people call them clients, you might call them your customers, but you know, in a, in a, in the environment in which we teach, which tends to be more, um, or we offer services, which tends to be more personalized. You really want that that flow to go both ways so that yes. the customer, the client is giving you not, it's not just about the money or the transactional piece, but you want to feel that that work uplifts you, um, that that client, that that customer relationship uplifts you. And that, that, that is an important part of the, part of the work. Uh, and so I just was really excited to hear that connection because I've heard you say it for years about how it's so important with the client and the customer, but yet let's expand that to our business as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's the thing I'm always um, striving for and I always have being, you know, self-employed and a creator of my own work and, and financial stability for more than half of my adult life is, is like being willing to like fight for what has the most meaning um, and to not have it be mm, frivolous or disconnected from who I am as a person. I'm, I'm really very much committed to that alignment, um, for myself. And we always talk about, or you've probably heard us talk about, I know, and, you know, we have, but I mean, the audience, those of you who are listening, this idea of the Mobius strip and the, and the interconnectedness of, of, like how we are in the outer world, which includes our work, and then how we are in the inner world, right? Our That connection of our inner and outer life, one flips to the other as it circles continuously. It's like an infinity sign kind of, but with a different, a second dimension. Yeah, I feel really committed to that in everything that we do. And um, I'm glad, I'm glad that I have been able to sustain that commitment, even when it's been really hard. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm going through this process. Um, what's in progress? What's in process? So, 
for many of you who might have been following along with us, I um, have been a studio owner for 20 years and I am no longer a studio owner. <laughs> and I feel That's phenomenal insane. about that. And Chantel has been such a support along the way. And so for those of you, again, who are listening to us, it's like, you know, even if you've been doing something for a long time, <laughs> Don't ever think you can't change. You know, it's like yeah. thinking a lot about inertia, how easy it is to just keep going. But if you're not being fulfilled, um, no matter how much support you wrap around you with mentorship, with other coaching, with teams, as amazing as it is, I just feel like sometimes you grow out of your own business. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah. But it can feel hard. And so one of the progress that I've been in is I'm a person who, and this is probably why Chantel has been such a great partner for, for me is I sometimes <laughs> like leave some stray ends open. I'm not <laughs> at buttoning everything up, tying every knot. Like I'm the person who'll walk into my kitchen sometimes and leave the cupboards open. It's just, <laughs> and I'm the kind of person who would walk in immediately and close them all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm also the type of person who doesn't always zip up their backpack. And one time I was biking to school and like, not once, but two or three times, my laptop would just come flying oh out of my, my, God. my, my bike <laughs> in my backpack in the intersection. And I'd like go grab it. And somehow my computer kept going, but um, yeah, but I'm because my, my eye is always on the next, you know, the next thing. And I think I, I do bring some, some, positive things to that. But, but this progress and process is really me going in and saying, I do not want to leave anything open here. And I haven't actually always mm. felt that. I, I mm. want everything buttoned up, every tie done, every dot I dotted and T crossed. And, and there, there really is a feeling of closure that I want to have power over. And I want to have power and over that closure, I haven't really felt that before. Um, so it's just it's just an interesting way to to really attend to to my work life in a different way, mm. and it allows me in a really good way too. I think to um, you know, my husband was was chatting with me, and he was like, you know, like yeah, it's he was also saying to me, you know, it's it's time for for your attention to be fully, fully on one business, which I've been wanting for a while. And that's not my business with Chantil. And, uh, it just, it feels good. And it feels good to even have other people acknowledge that. And to say, yes. it's like, sometimes you've been staring at something for so long, you just need someone to like, and I, I really felt, <laughs> in, I felt this embodied experience of like, and now I'm turning this way. Mm. I don't know. It just, and it all feels good and fine and, and, and absolutely the right, the right thing. So I'm just enjoying that. So, yeah. And, and I think it's worth saying, like, for those of you who maybe are in a transition <clears throat> and struggling with it, um, it brings up two things for me. One is like how, how when when I was extricating myself from my last business relationship and, and finally not becoming a studio owner, what something I realized in retrospect, and this is actually maybe a little foreshadowing from this 
embodied ambition thing that we're going to kind of be talking about today. Um, what I realized in retrospect is that I was not only holding myself hostage, I was holding the person I was in business with hostage. I was holding my family hostage. I was holding the teachers who worked for me hostage. Like I was really keeping everybody stuck because I was struggling so much with even admitting that the change needed to happen. And, and I think because I knew how hard it was going to be and how much my previous business partner did not want the transition to happen. Mm -hmm. I kept trying to find ways to stay. And I realized that I just was doing harm to myself and to others by, by, by allowing myself to stay in that, in that space or in that identity that no longer served me. Um, and then, and then to be on the, on the like receiving end of, of Anne's transition work, you know, how hard it was to watch her in that transition and, and know that I couldn't do anything really for her, right? Like those choices and decisions had to be made by her. I could hold space for those choices or, or guide her when she asked, but, um, but now, I mean, the moment the studio sold, the moment where there was like a relinquishing of, of, of energy output in a different direction. I mean, literally I could hear it in your voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, it was not just like you were attending in a different way to the as different aspects of our, of our work together. But I mean, I could just, I could hear it and feel it. So when I hear your voice, I can feel what that, what that's like. And this goes back to the nervous system work and co-regulating and how impacted we are physiologically by each other, just by hearing each other's voices, not even by seeing your face, mm. but I could feel the shift and how that shifted me too. So if you're, if you're in transition, like just holding at least some attention for all these different ways in which your process can affect other people positively and, and less than positively. <laughs> Um, it's powerful. I, I agree. And I feel like, um, you know, we're recording this in January of 2023. And for me, I, I feel like that, you know, there are still ripple effects, you know, from happening from, for small businesses and for, for people, for families, from everything that we went through with the pandemic and business closures and pivoting and all that stuff. And I feel for me, so if you're someone who's maybe been sort of in mm -hmm. a business that you've owned and you've like managed to get through, or maybe it's not the pandemic, maybe you're listening to this later and it's something else and you've like held it together because I think that there was a lot of feeling of like, for a lot of people, like, let's hold this together, let's hold it together. And then you're done holding it together, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the time yeah. has passed. And so it's time to to move forward and um yeah everyone has their own time scale but uh yeah I'm very glad that uh you walked the path next to me and I appreciate it <laughs> it's been it's been you know I mean in all honesty not particularly easy and it's not I mean it's just not I mean if we're being totally honest it's not it's not easy to walk along somebody who's struggling or 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 in transition I mean I just think about my my partner who you know, has been recovering now for a year and a half from his motorcycle accident. And as much as I gave and was willing to give and could 
would have been willing to give more, it, it was difficult. I mean, it's, it's tough and it's tough to figure out how to be honest and be kind and be supportive and, and also take care of yourself in the process. Um, yeah. That's a lot to hold. <laughs> yeah. 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 But There's I think two, as you two, two people, you know, big people in your life in transition. That's a lot. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> what's I know what's so interesting. What's so interesting, I think, is sometimes I know I do, I get I get super myopic, right? Like I just get like what's happening now is is the only thing that's happening now and it's the only experience that I can see like I can't see beyond it to the to the bigger picture or the future and you know I had just come out of a I think last year for me was a transition of my transition period you know of of um consciously uncoupling with my my then husband of 20 years and living together for many years and and supporting our children and then and then last year finally living in separate homes and figuring out you know that was kind of the last piece of the transition and figuring that out for myself while also supporting the two of you in big transition (laughs) what i what what i can reflect on now is man last year was a hell of a year and there's a lot of reason why like they're there and now it's and now we're entering all of us a new season and i can appreciate in retrospect what what last year really was like i don't think i could see it then which is i think what happens for most of us right and because i can't help myself i'll just draw it back to the nervous system which is when we're (laughs) you know when we're having the experience of of life threat of any kind and and i have described it um in many venues in many ways as like we have to realize that life threat is not just physical life threat it's it's the this ego annihilation right it's the threat to our psyche and our sense of self or a sense of place um we we become uh, our vision literally narrows because that's what the nervous system that's how it supports us right like if you're being attacked by a lion, you're not like sitting there playing with the grass and looking at the beautiful color of green it is and how the light is shimmering off the blades. You're like, oh my God, the only thing I can see and hear and smell is the lion that's going to kill me if I don't do something. So that that myopic experience is important and, and we shouldn't try to not have it, but we can we can create some malleability, I think, when we're aware of like, oh, this is difficult and my attention is narrow. What can I do to, to soften it or broaden it when it's appropriate? So, you know, it's a, it's a skill, it's a wisdom, it's an experience over time, but hopefully listening to these kinds of stories for all of you will be um, helpful and supportive. Um, today, we really want to talk about, we have like a couple of things um, that are, are swimming around for us. I think we want to start by talking about transition and transformation. And we want to share this with you from the perspective of helping you see your business from a different perspective, which is from the perspective of transformation. 
Um, and then to look at yourself from the perspective of transformation. How do you transform um, yourself in relationship to your work over time? And so, and then I think if we have time, we're kind of interested in sharing with you um, how we support transformation. What is the journey we take people through in our very unique um, body of work? And so let's start with this idea of when you enter into a vocation, uh, you know, a, a, a sphere of learning, you become a practitioner of the thing. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, you're the practitioner, you, you've been handed down knowledge, you are new to the practice of that knowledge, but your goal is to deliver that knowledge with some level of efficiency and um, adeptness. And, you know, we hope, fingers crossed, that you're helping people, <laughs> right? Like you're checking all of the boxes. Um, so that first phase of of learning and knowing and then and then supporting, right? Somebody else, you providing a service, whether that's, um, you know, you're, you're doing mindset coaching work with somebody or you're an attorney or, um, or you're a contractor. Yeah. Or you're an acupuncturist, um, therapist. Right. Right. So you, 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 you get, you gain the skill, you gather the knowledge and then you're like, okay, now I'm going to do the thing. You're a practitioner. And then within that, that space of being a practitioner, of course, you grow, you grow, you grow, you expand, you stretch, you're challenged, you, you know, you add to your toolbox, but then there's a moment, right? So we think about it in our, in our, uh, you know, kind of root sphere is like, that's you as a teacher, you're, you're a teacher of the method. And, and then, and then you move into being an educator. And why don't you talk about that next phase? And so you, so you are a practitioner of the thing and then you grow so much that you're like, I have a unique perspective and I'm going to, I'm going to take my experience as a practitioner, my knowledge, and I'm going to start to share that with other people who are also wanting to potentially become practitioners of this thing. So this is the second step in the transformation as, as we have really been able to identify it across many realms is you become a, an educator of the thing. Yeah. And I think uh, when that happens, I think I'm very interested because there are people who, you know, kind of go quite quickly from practitioner to educator and then some people take a really long time in the Or practice. they don't ever move out of being a practitioner. Yeah, right. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I think like, you know, a very common word like, well, wh why don't people come out of the practitioner mode? Well, they, they may not be interested. Um, maybe their value is really in the healing modality that they are providing or the service that they're providing. And they're excited by that. I think other people within who are take up those modalities or those practices, they are, they're really committed to lifelong learning that, and they desire to teach the, the, the new people coming up. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, it's not that other people aren't interested in lifelong learning, but they're not interested in teaching the next level of 
people coming up, whether you're, that means you become a professor of what you do, or you become a trainer or a, a continuing education provider or a continuing unit provider. And I'm sort of curious about, you know, the, the people who desire to, to, to educate those, you know, what they've discovered and it's like, they want to push the field forward in, in an idea. And uh, I think usually people who desire to do that have some sort of overall connection to, to enjoying teaching and to, to enjoying educating. So they don't just enjoy providing the service or, you know, the Pilates or the yoga or the mindset coaching or the therapy but then they desire to teach others. And so what I knew about myself within my sense of practice is that I enjoyed the practice, but there was something, and I happened to practice teaching Pilates and I happened to practice teaching anatomy and, and other things, but there was something about the act of teaching and educating that was really exciting to me. And I think I always identify, I mean, I, for years I identified, well, I'm a teacher who happens to teach Pilates, but yes. I know that other people don't have. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking like, also we want to, I think, leave room for people who are in the practitioner phase that, that shift, there is a shift to, I'm just simply providing the structure or the instruction to do these things to, to, I want to then deeply educate the people I'm serving. Maybe I don't want to educate the people who want to become practitioners, but I want to begin to shift the like depth of, of how I practice. So I think there is, you might reflect for yourself if you're listening like maybe you don't have an urge to be an educator of of the people coming up to practice in the in the field that you're in but maybe you can identify with this like deepening of knowledge and desire to to educate your people in a different way like and so what i mean by that really is can you give them a different or deeper layer of understanding of why they're doing the thing which is different than just here's the thing, here's the goal, here are the things to do, do them, reach the goal. It's like now you're infusing your practice with a lot of knowledge, a lot of depth of understanding. And to me, so there's this room in being a practitioner that is also deeper. You may never, so you can expand this, this place, this identity, right? This realm of being a practitioner has a huge range so I just wanted to leave a little bit of room for that. Um, and then I think I'd, I had another thought, but I've lost it in terms of, of moving into being an educator. Um, so what's, the, what's the, the third transformation that we typically... So we're reflecting back on the transformations that we take people through to, to be really clear, right? So we have a four-part offering to our business, our business structure, and... The first part is really taking people from, you know, being a practitioner, being a technician, we use that language, um, to being an educator. And then we take people from being an educator to being uh, 
what we think of, well, what we call a course designer. So the Embodied Course Creation Program is really our flagship program where we're supporting people in um, that next level of transformation. So the next level of transformation is when you're not just adding to the pool of education, you're not just adding, you know, um, your, uh, uh, let me think about this for a second. You're not just, um, you're not just like adding to the accepted pool of existing information, but you're pushing the edges, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're now shaping the pool of information, right? So you're, you're really, um, one, you're owning your work, you're owning your unique voice in relationship to the work, and you're stepping into an even bigger sphere of influence. Um, we're not talking about being a social influencer. <laughs> um, but you are at a different place where you have, you are making new connections, you are making unique connections, you're filling gaps in your industry. And this is a whole different level, right? This is a whole other transformation. You want to speak to that at all and that third level? Yeah, I think a lot of times what, when we take people through that transition, they realize they have a body of work, right? So yeah. maybe in the past you've done workshops or you have, um, whether those are workshops to your own you know, clients, students, customers, or if they're um, or if you've done workshops that are, you know, again, continuing education, but then you sort of, or you've thought about it, maybe you haven't done it yet, but you keep, you've had it, you've had thoughts about it. And then you're really like, wait a minute, there's something more here. And usually I think the light bulb goes off too of like, and I want to offer it in a way where I'm no longer trading dollars for hours, because a lot of times that's what practitioners do. And that's what yeah, right. Service providers do. We're, we're really in this dollars per hour model. And so that's what we really like to do is to share with people within that model. You have become quite good at what you do. You've maybe created some workshops or thought about it. And now you're at this level where, you know, he, here's a model. And again, it's just, you're sort of learning something new. Here's a model in which to share your practice, share your work in a way in which you also have confidence that you're sharing in a way that holds up the integrity of your work. You don't feel like you're slapping videos around and putting little PDFs together and you're not quite sure. And, you know, like, so you also have integrity within the delivery of the body of work of which you've created. And what I love about doing that is when you learn how to sort of design your body of work into a curriculum that might be 10 weeks, 12 weeks, six months, nine months, two years, whatever time slot that is in alignment for your business and, and your people to work with you is that how, when you start learning about organizing your body of work, that translates all the way down into right when you step into to do a to 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 offer your service or practice if if you're still doing that within your business because right. you you see now how your own practice or the practice of the people who work for you or with you is in 
is connected <laughs> to a larger body of work. And so it's not, it's almost like, I feel like a lot of times in the health and wellness industry, there's a lot of times this desire of like, well, I want to open up a studio, but I want it. I want to be surrounded by a bunch of other people who are also offering work that is essentially health and wellness oriented. So a therapist, you know, a, a somatic educator, an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, a masseuse, a Pilates studio, <clears throat> or maybe it has to do, as you were saying, with law, and maybe there's a lot of other adjunct modalities, support, social services, uh, you know, accounting or something that might all go together within a field that might be circulating around the center of the, that universe might be law or something like that. But because you've really seen the interconnection of your practice and how it's really interconnected with, with, with lots of other practices that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the beauties, I think, for me of, of stepping into this place of moving from practice to educator of a practice to then, you know, really developing a body of work about a practice that in, it's, it's a little bit more like you're looking outwards instead of looking inwards and to, to, to just your practice that you've created. Yeah. And one way you've described it is you become a thought leader, Yeah, right? Like you, you become a thought leader, you become a, a change maker where right? you're bringing new ideas, you're shifting perspective, you're helping the industry industry grow. That's, that's this third, this, you know, kind of encompasses this third transformation. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would say a lot of people, I think who come from the practice industry, you know, have a lot of, you know, this is a very popular term, but, you know, feeling of, you know, that they don't deserve or that they're not good enough to be a thought leader. Mm, and I yeah. just really want to blow that out of the water. Like you absolutely, I mean, we need more voices that are not heard. Yes. <laughs> you know? I mean, those are the voices that need to be heard. Right. And so we want to encourage people who have sort of these, you know, feelings that they're not good enough or it's not inferiority, but just, you know, that, well, well I, I think don't... it's a lack of confidence in the fact that they have something quote unquote different to offer than all the hundreds of thousands of people out there. I mean, this is a, this is a roadblock, right. That we come up against with, with the folks that we work with often is like, well, yes, the online space is so amazing, but now how do I compete with all the people who have the same level of access? It's like, well, <laughs> one, we all have something unique to offer and we and <laughs> I mean it is it is um, it doesn't always work just because you have a unique perspective like you have to be able to design it in a way that that people can that is accessible right for people so there is some skill and acumen attached to it but um it, it's it's like well, it's just a beautiful opportunity you just have to have the right support and the right kind of skills and then finally, I think the bigger Absolutely. or biggest transformation in our work when we're, when we're looking at, at um, private mentoring and the large scale transformation, some people enter, right, their work with us at this level. Some people work their way up from the first to this level. It's really like, can you hold, can you hold the energy for, for being a designer of your life? 
right? And, and taking your work and your life and making them integrated. And that's the big, big vision, right? That's the big transformation. Um, mm -hmm. And I would just add, like many of us get into small practices because you do get to design your life. If, if you're someone who takes appointments, there is a level in which you can say, I'm not going to work these days, or I'm going to bob and weave with my schedule, or, you know, like, I want control over it. But yeah, and <laughs> yeah, thank you. And that's a very honestly low level of financial abundance because there's only so many hours that you can provide when you're giving your service. Yeah. And I also find that creative creatively, you can kind of get bored to be totally frank. Like, yeah. You know, like there's you know, as wonderful as offering a service is, there's only sometimes so many which ways you can do it. I mean, I was in the Pilates industry teaching Pilates for 20 years and so was Chantel and she's still teaching embodied movement. I don't think she'd call it Pilates anymore. That's not really what, where she's standing, but you know, like it's, um, and there's no shame in that to outgrow that and to desire yeah. more. And so we have to find a way in which to take the modality that we are quite good at, lean into education, lean into the sense of business. And so that you can design your life at a higher level uh, other than, cause I mean, I, I was totally like misinformed. I completely. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. we were all a little bit duped, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, Thank I think you. you I was like, <laughs> It's, it's so amazing. I get to control my schedule where the reality is a lot of times you're, you're like a puppet on a string and there's just yeah. 6,000 people controlling your schedule. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> my, I mean, that's the thing. We've all been a little bit duped when it comes to like, oh, I'm going to own my own business. And my friend, my friend who has a very successful business, um, uh, he, he always says like, well, it's, it's a whole different ball game when you go from making the pies you know, you're the pie maker to then owning a pie shop, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to just create another J-O-B for yourself, which is what most people get stuck in, right? They don't, they don't grow and transform with their business so that they can actually have the opportunity to design their life and, and go for what we talk about <clears throat> a lot is um, not only not trading dollars for hours, but really cultivating this time freedom, location, and financial freedom. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the, and the needs of your life change over time. So maybe the practitioner life, you know, dollars per hour really worked for you and the other models weren't available 20 years ago, Yeah, but I don't practice or teach the same way I did 20 years ago. So why would I operate my business the same way I did 20 years right. ago? And that's something that I would say a lot with my brick and mortar. I'm like, I'm not going to operate in like a 19 mid nineties model. Yeah. Like, are you crazy. I don't teach the same way. Why would I do that the same way? And so um, that's one of the things I think that when you do design your own life and you do design your own business, you get to continue to change um, and to be at that growth edge. Um, and if we go back to some of the concepts we've explored in prior podcasts is 
that concept of um, leaning into to your zone of genius, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's, I think, an upward spiral. And so finding that um, upward spiral for yourself um, continues to, you know, to be, to definitely be, I think we're both on our growth edge right now. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we are absolutely. Um, well, we're just about to the end of the time that we have for the podcast today, but I do want to put a pin in this, um, uh, taking you all or giving you an inside perspective on the journey that we go on with people, um, which supports the transformation process. I think that's going to be really fascinating. And we're going to be leaning a little bit more into this idea of um, the embodied experience of ambition and desire, and also the embodied experience of um, roadblocks, right? And lack of clarity and how that can keep us stuck and, and, and how the work that Anne and I do helps folks get unstuck and what that's like. We're going to outline that process for you. So um, it's always interesting. I think when I hear stuff like that, I'm like always, it's like, oh, that's the process they go through. I can hold it up against my own process and see like where the similarities are and where the discrepancies are and where there might be gaps I can fill in the work that I do as opposed to somebody else. Um, so hopefully that will be deeply informative. Um, and so we'll save that for next time. And for now, thanks for listening, everybody. Episode 20. Um, Welcome to 2023, man. It's <laughs> starting off with a big bang over here. Yeah. We, we, we hope that you're all doing well and that you're enjoying listening and it's serving you and inspiring you and uplifting you. Take really good care of yourselves um, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Well, as always, we'd like to say a big thank you for your time and attention. We know how precious it is. We love hanging out with you and serving this amazing community of inspired leaders and educators who desire to make a bigger impact and bring their whole selves to this awesome party. We hope you are leaving feeling a little inspired, refreshed, maybe even excited, and a little bit giddy. The absolute sweetest and most powerful thing you can do to support this not-for-profit, minimally sponsored podcast is to tell us how much you love us, and there are a couple of ways you can do that. You can leave us your comments and reviews on iTunes or YouTube. Both are better. And if you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, now you do. Or by sending us the occasional love letter to embodiedbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope you'll keep asking, how do I want my business and my life to feel?